It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for being with me today. What I'm going to address today are some of the more, they're they're sort of uh, classic questions that I get asked, and I will ask people about how do you know when you're in love, and what are the indicators for you, because many times people will say, oh, I can't find someone to love, I'm, you know, there, there really isn't anybody out there that I can be interested in. And what I asked them to do, and I heard this comment from a woman who is a a life coach, and she said, I I, I thought, oh, this is so brilliant. And what her comment was is your success lies just outside your comfort zone. Because for most people, they stay in a comfort zone. They don't put themselves out in, and this is in all areas of their life, You get your success when you do something you wouldn't typically do or to, you know, cite another uh, standard comment. If you want the things in your life to change, you've got to change the things in your life. So when someone says, how do, you know, how do I find someone to love or I really want to, the one I, (laughs) I really want to be loved. Well, then be loving. You will attract it. But sometimes when people say they want to be loved, They are, honestly, they're being, um, how can I put this nicely? It's like they forgot that there has to be some effort on their part to make themselves be appealing, make themselves be, you know, attractive. And this is not just only about that it has to be the best body or the best face or the best wallet or the best car. That's not what people fall in love with. So... Here's the questions, you know, how do you know when you're in love? And when you're in love, you can be in love in different areas that will also cross over. into. So if you really love what you do at work, that is going to show up as someone going, wow, I I will use this example. When Bill Gates met um, Melinda, you know, they're both, you know, bright, computer, all of that stuff. And he was a bumbling idiot. And she basically told him, he says, well, you know, uh, something about, he did something that was so geekily bad. And she was like, no, 
no, that's not going to work for me. you got to do better than that. And the one thing that I know for men and women who have tremendous influence, one of the things that has them go like, whoa, is when someone treats them like a normal human being, which is why you will often see people who are very wealthy together or people who have a tremendous amount of status together, you know, whether they're ranking, you know, as, as a musician or uh, celebrity or a model, they often, they're used to getting the attention and what they want is someone who wants them for them. So that levels their playing field. So how do you know when you're in love? Is it only a, an emotional feeling for you? And here's what I would ask you to do. If you think it's only emotional, when you feel that emotion, I want you to think, what does it, do you feel it from the neck up? Because if you do, that is your brain and your ego working. That's not your friend, trust me. If when you think about them, you feel it from the neck down, that's your instinct, that's your heart feeling, that is your gut, whatever area, your solar plexus, that is telling you the truth. And one of the things I ask people, if they're already, you know, with someone and they're being intimate, how do they know whether or not this thing has, is real or has a future? If you wake up in the middle of the night and when you look at that person, if it makes your heart smile, you may have heard me say this before, then you know you are in the right place. Okay, if when you are around them, they make you feel, you just feel better when you're around them. Now, this can be something that, yes, there's that thing where when people first meet, it's, you know, very intense and it's, you know, when people fall in love, the, <laughs> the, what happens with your brain chemistry, you literally are addicted and you don't. You think about them all the time. You obsess about them. You are constantly thinking about them. You don't eat. And what really, in the thinking, is that sort of eases in a little bit, or you know, we'd all not be well for a period, for an extended period of time. But what also happens is, you, when you see that person, they do make your heart smile. They make you. You see them, and it's like, oh, I, you know. I just, I like how I feel when I'm around them. That's one thing I ask people. How do you feel when you're around them? And I had one woman who said that one of the most important things for her is that her boyfriend, who then became her husband, listened to her because she had had previous relationships where the person did not Listen, they, they just sort of, she would say something, I call her M woman, she would say something and they would act like she didn't, you know, she wasn't talking to them. And when she met the individual who she married, I asked her, I said, what was it about him? And she said, I could say his name. And he was like, yes, what? And there wasn't, she said it was the the respect that he gave to me was one of the things that tipped the, the cart. The other thing I ask people, you can be in love with a perception of a person or a perception of what you want to do. 
Um, I'm reminded of this one show where the, the number one reason this person was so excited about being engaged and wanting to be married is because they wanted to be a December bride. Well, that isn't about being with the person. That is about a wedding. And that's, you know, eight hours or ten hours on one day out of your life. And if the only thing you want to do is be a bride, put on a bridal dress. Go do something like that. But that is not what creates relationship. For many people, the love that they feel in the beginning, it is it only gets stronger. And I'm reminded of a gentleman who was one of my he was one of my English professors my first year in college and university, and he uh, was talking about people being in relationships. And I said, and he said, people, you know, change in relationships. And I said, may I ask, and I said, I don't want to be too personal, but are you still in love with your wife? And he stopped and he looked and he said, he was rather curmudgeonly, so I'm going out on a limb to ask this, but he said, I'm more in love with her now than I was when I married her. And that's when I speak with people who consider themselves to be great lovers and have great long-term relationships. They have a way of how they think about their, their partner or how they think about what they're doing that it is respectful. They, they think kindly of them. And let's go to the thing about if you love what you do work-wise, then think of the people who don't love what they do. And what are they like when you're around them at work? What's the number one thing that you're always aware of? There's going to be something negative coming out of their mouth. Well, in the matter of, you know, a period of time, they will negatively move themselves out of that job. And I just heard this yesterday. The person, originally they did love what they were doing. But what they really loved which is the reason they started doing that behavior, is they wanted to spend more time with their children because he's very much a hands-on dad. They have three girls who are, you know, nine, four, and two, and so they are a busy household, and he wanted to spend more time, and the job wasn't allowing him to do it. Now they are able to do so. But again, that... How do you know you're in love? The two of them knew that they were in love because they had very similar attitudes and they both wanted to start a family right away. And that was what they built their relationship on. So is it an emotion? Yeah, it can be. But what, you know, how do you maintain that? And we're going to be coming up to the first break in a couple of minutes here. And I'm going to talk about that in the next segment. How do you maintain love? Because many times people think it's just supposed to do it on its own. No. Relationships are organic, living things. And how you treat your relationship is how your relationship will survive. And I've watched people trash them and think that because they did a nice thing or, you know, they bought a very expensive gift, that that's going to make a difference. It doesn't. Because once you've put something out there that doesn't make someone feel good, they don't forget that. You know, either speaking harshly or behaving like ignoring them. This is not good. So what I want people to think about is how do you know you're in love? 
But then the next thing, if you know that, how do you maintain? And this is not about, I love when people say to me, well, it's really tough to maintain a relationship. Well, yeah, a tough relationship is tough to maintain. (laughs) If it's not working well, it should not be difficult. It may take some adjusting. It may take some, you know, making sure you do the right thing. But when we come back, how do you maintain once you know you're in love? And any questions, you can send them to office at Lou Paget. And we're coming up to the tunes here in a matter of seconds, and I'll be right back. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. This is TogiNet, cutting-edge radio. This is the TogiNet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. It's Virgin This is News Daily reported a story from Career Builder that gave some humorous examples of actual job interview blunders. One Boris Norris candidate decided to take off his shoes during the interview. Probably not the best idea, even if you don't have smelly feet or podobromhidrosis. Another job applicant brought a how-to-interview book with him to the interview. Then he asked, what company is this again? And my favorite, the candidate who asked for a sip of the interviewer's coffee. That won't cause a latte problems, and also it's a bit bumptious. And finally, one job applicant asked the interviewer if they could wrap it up quickly, because he had another appointment. And a special thanks to our armed forces, men and women serving at home and abroad. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So, we talked before, or I should say, I talked, you were listening, <clears throat> that how do you know you're in love? How do you know you're in love with your job? How do you know you're in love with a person? How do you know you're in love with a pet? Pets are really easy. And I will tell you, loving a pet is one of the first ways where for children they can understand unconditional love. And it's also a way, I mean, I know it was for me. That's how I learned about love. I didn't learn about love from people. I learned about it from animals. And their love was so pure that I learned that unconditional thing and also learned that with love comes a responsibility, that I was responsible for taking care of this cat, this dog, this horse. So, you know, the, the thing where you learn from is where you also then transfer it to. 
So if someone has typically a great personal relationship, chances are they are more satisfied and they have a great relationship with their job or they have a clear relationship. I've watched many times where someone may be incredibly successful and often they're successful in one area because there is something that's not going well at home, whether that's a woman or a man. And I've watched men who stayed at the office the entire time and were phenomenally successful. So once you know that you feel that you are in love and you have done that test and it's the test from the neck down, then how do you maintain that? And that's what a lot of my work is. And it's about the practical. If the only thing that kept relationships together was good sex, then we wouldn't really have a lot of relating because the sexual part of many relationships isn't the number one thing about it. It may be in the beginning, but typically over time it becomes something that can be there a lot or it's something that someone may identify themselves as being, but it's not the only thing. It is a form of it, but, you know, I I use the terms of sexuality and intimacy, you know, in almost interchangeably because if it's solely the action of, you know, a body part penetrating another body part or which really that's what the, you know, the sexual part of things is because orgasms can be had all on your own thank you very much, and often they tend to be more intense than those that you would have with a partner. And the reason is you know what your nerves like. <laughs> Hello. And as I you know, talked about from the trends that I'd seen at the adult novelty, a lot more things are being created for men as masturbatory toys. So if the only thing was a sexual connection that would maintain a relationship, I've seen plenty. I remember one, an old boyfriend of mine, he said, listen, you know, I had great sex with this woman, but he said, things were great when we were horizontal. They were not great when we were vertical. And he said, and I knew that, but he said, the sex was so good that for a period of time, I was willing to put up with the other stuff over here. And then at a certain point, it was like, "Eh, I'm not doing this anymore. And I've heard both women and men say that. A woman who, she's now divorced, from that man, the father of her children, but she said, I don't fight with him because if I fight with him, he's not going to have sex with me, and sex is way too important for me. And that, they were like a unique couple in that regard. Yet, what most people want is they want someone who gets them and understands them. Not someone who, you know, acts like they're not important or who is just, you know, they're there. And when people start to feel that they're taken advantage of, that's a slippery slope. So the maintaining of when you know you're in love, first off, you got to tell people because people don't read your mind. Even though you think that they do, they don't. And they have to know that what they, you know, while they're around you and what they're doing makes a difference for you. And you can say, you know, thank you for doing that. And we all have to remind ourselves about that. The same way, how do you maintain, you know, that connection in an office environment? It's knowing who the other people are and 
being, you know, being nice around them, being polite around them. Because after, if someone just feels like they're, you know, data to you or just a number, they're not going to go out of their way to know who you are as a person. And that person part of you is something that is so important for everybody. And I know that I've had people say, I, the one person, he said, I want to be in love, but he said, I want to be adored. And he was clear about that. And he had moved. He moved from a different country. And when he arrived, he met the person who he has now been with for 27 years, and they both saw one another at a bar, and they, the, you know, you know, one person approached the other person, and they literally have been together now for 27 years. And it was, and that person who approached him, he adores him. He absolutely adores him. And, you know, he said, you know, at one point, how do they maintain things? He said it's, they liked having their routines, and so it's an action step. There's routines that they have. I'd like to make this for you. I'd like to try this. And it doesn't mean there aren't times, everyone has them, where the person, you might find the person irritating. Hello, welcome to being human. But there's also a tremendous amount of power in knowing that you can think ahead and do something that will make someone feel special. You can remember that thing that they like. You can remember that it's Welch's grape juice and only Welch's grape juice that they want. And it doesn't mean that you might think the person's a bit of a pill on occasion, but when you want to maintain you know, the, the feeling of being in love, it really is about doing loving things. It's not about, and I, I remember this one woman who was a huge supermodel at the time, and she literally said, I didn't realize, because she was like one, the top model worldwide for, you know, about eight years running, and she said, I did not realize that, I had to do something other than just sit there and be pretty. She said, I had no idea. And it was when she went through her own personal crisis with something that she realized how much she loved the person she was married to, and that was when she got her voice and stepped in to do what she could after there had been a legal crisis. So, you know, even though you think you may have things just flowing towards you, there are still things that you can do that go back and forth that make that person feel special. So the, the action steps are one of the things. The other thing, as I said before, how are you about thinking things of loving thoughts, kind thoughts, things that make someone feel special? There are times when I listen to people who have gone through a crisis in their life. And at that point, you know, whether it's a life or death crisis or, the, you know, a, a tremendous loss of a family or something, and I will tell you, at that point, people get very much cut to the chase about what is important for them. And one of the things is often, if they're in a relationship where they realize, you know, I don't want to spend another five years in this relationship. They are clear that that's it. And they will initiate, you know, 
ending that relationship and moving on because they're not where they're, when their heart gets clear about what's important for them, they're like, that's it, done, I'm, and I will see that happen when there's a crisis in a work situation as well. People will look and they'll go, you know, it's not, I'm not having fun anymore, I'm not enjoying myself. So here, let's use the work as an example again. Um, the gentleman who created Chicken Soup for the Soul, Jack Canfield, I was listening to him being interviewed, and I thought this is so perfect that he, you know, created all this, and he said, I'm reading these stories and thinking, you know, I really should be moved by these stories. I really, these are stories that initially when I was putting together the books and everything, they were stories that really moved me. And she said, he said, then all of a sudden, it wasn't fun anymore. And I had that same type of, you know, come to Jesus meeting with myself about what I was doing with seminars. They stopped being the fun that they initially had been. And then I had to look at, now what do I do? Now where do I look for? Where is the fun? And for me, it's in helping people find what they're interested in, what they have, how, how can they get uh, passion in their lives. That's of interest to me because just doing the same routine all the time, it, 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 it had taken, I graduated from that school. It was time to move on. And I'm also reminded of other really top speakers who say, if your passion is not there, you need to find it again somewhere else. And when you're in love with someone, that also means you have to keep recreating it. You have to look at what, where can I develop that with this person at this moment? Is it going and doing something for them? Is it thinking something? Because your thoughts are so powerful. You need to be aware of creating that and generating that on, you know, regularly, because if people feel that they're not important for you, it's probably because they're right, <laughs> you know? They know when they're not important, and they know when they are. And you can see this particularly when it comes to children, and like babies and, and animals. Animals know when you love them, you're paying attention to them. They know that and they respond to it. And that's something that if you will go back and look at how those feelings are, you'll be able to create it and maintain it in every area of where you are. So we're coming up to the next break. So we've talked about how do you know when you're in love? It can be a feeling. It can be a thought. And then how do you maintain it? And then we're going to continue this discussion because the tunes are coming up right now and I'm going to give you some examples from people that I've worked with. Be right back with more How Do You Stay In Love. This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. that Twitter is over 10 years old? Twitter was first launched in March of 2006 with the hashtag feature appearing about a year and a half later. Twitter employs more than 2,700 people around the world. Today, there are over 241 million active users on Twitter with an average of 500 million tweets per day. Now that's a lot of traffic. A lot of new words have been coined from the Twitter app. Uh, Tweetart is your Twitter boyfriend or girlfriend, and Twitterphoria is the feeling you get when they tweet you back. If you don't want to feel like a twittiot when you tweet, there's a whole list of proper twetiquette available. At first, even I was a bit of a Twitterphobe, but if you want to follow me at Too Funny Carolyn, that would be twittastic. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. So we've talked about how do you know you're in love, how do you maintain that, either by action, by thought, <clears throat> and maintain, sometimes people say, how do you stay in love? Well, the thing that you need to realize is that you are the sole person who can do it, but you can be around people who are in love, who like one another. If, you want, if you're female and you want your relationship to end, hang around with a bunch of divorced women. I'll tell you, it's not going to, it'll just be, the clock will start ticking, baby, because it is just moments. Because there's a, there's a uh, I'm talking about unhappy, angry, you know, people where they're, you know, you have to take responsibility for what happens in any of your own relationships. And... Are there times when people have been treated poorly? Uh, yeah. And are there times when sometimes people don't look at 
what was their responsibility in it? Yeah, but here's what I also am aware of, is that when you are around people who like their lives and like their relationships, then that's going to be what you're going to be like. And so if you think that the media is showing you how to maintain a relationship, couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, let's be honest. (laughs) And anyone who tells you that reality shows, you know, that's what really is happening in their lives, that couldn't be further from the truth. Their reality shows are so freaking scripted, it's not even funny. So all of the noise and nonsense, and looking at anything on social media and thinking that, okay, they have this great relationship, things are really going on well for them, well, who do you think is going to be posting on social media? Someone who wants to show you something that's going well. You don't often get people telling you what's really going on in their world. And then again, you may think that people don't have issues because their, you know, their world is perfectly fine. You know, they're you know, married to, you know, they've got tremendous wealth in their lives. You've got other things. But what you may not know is that the one partner is constantly, you know, going outside of the relationship on a regular basis and having sex with someone else. Now, if that's something that works well for, you know, both parties, that's another matter. But if it's something that is a violation of the trust, that's a bit, that, that, that means what you perceive as being their world as being great isn't the truth. So the staying in love part is really up to you. I look at couples who, you know, they've gone through a lot of things, but I remember my one friend saying, my dad still totally digs my mom. And that has also made each one of the kids in that family, it was almost like they were divorce-proofed. And they all, you know, found someone, but they also had a, a training about relationship where their parents really did discuss things between one another. And if you are a parent and you want to give your children a better chance at, you know, creating great relationships, first off, get them off, you know, ridiculous medications they may not have to be on because that wipes out their ability to have emotion and feeling and to be responsive from a libido standpoint if it's antidepressants and anti-anxiety. Make sure that, you know, the, the staying in love part is about keeping your body functioning well as well. If you are tired, if you are eating the wrong foods and you're body's upset, you've got, you know, stomach upset, you're not going to be someone that really is interested in doing things. So the staying in love part is part about the other person, but it's also about you. And many times when people say, oh, I I want someone to love, the first person they haven't looked in the mirror and said that they love is themselves. And we have to also forgive ourselves, and that's sometimes one of the hardest to do because we're often the hardest on ourselves before anybody else is because we know all the things that 
we, you know, we're kind of like, oh, why did I do that? Or why didn't I do that? I often will give people the assignment of do something you wouldn't normally do each day for a week. Now, whether that's go for a walk in the opposite direction, whether that is cook something that you wouldn't have never cooked before, whether that is call up someone and say, hey, I really, you know, I just I want to let you know uh, I'm so grateful that you're in my life. Something that's of a positive nature like that, the more you start building that, those are the actions that keep you engaged. And remember I said at the very top of the show that your success in something lies just outside of your comfort level. And now that I read that today, I'm like this, yes. So, you know, I have to pay attention to my own counsel on these things. I have to, you know, so I have an immediate conference call right after I do my show. And once I do that, I will be doing a little, you know, little something that I've never done before. And I'm going to, whether it's the stairs somewhere or going in and creating a new menu somewhere, and I will do that tonight. Because this, when you do something new, you create new. And when you create new that gives more space in your life and in your heart for new to occur. And I've had people say, well, I want to have a relationship like so-and-so, and they'll name a celebrity couple. And again, my comment to them is, the only two people who really know what is going on in that relationship are the two people who are in it. You're not with them behind closed doors. And i have people that I know who are in all stages of staying in love. Are they staying together because they love their children? Are they staying um, in love because they feel that no one else will love them? Are they staying uh, in love because that person has done so many things for them and they feel beholden to them that, that you know, there's, they would be guilty if, if they left. People will rationalize many things, and I know that. What I want them to be aware of is the honesty of why they are in that relationship. Sometimes they're staying together until they have a child that finishes school, and then they know they will be parting ways because neither one of them wants to work on building back a foundation. But you know, sometimes relationships, people get into them, and they shouldn't have been in them in the first place. I can think of marriages that started off because someone lied. Oops. And uh, not just a little bit of a lie, but a whopper. And at that point, and the one person suspected it all along. And when they finally found out, that clock was ticking for, I'm going to be out of here. And... They were. That was the end of it. So what was the whopper? That he was not the father of the child that she said that he was when she got pregnant. I think that's a pretty big one. And he didn't realize that for years. He suspected it. And when he finally found out, the clock was ticking. But I also know that when you make a point of trying to, and and putting your efforts there, 
even if, you know, you may feel you're going to get, you know, rebuffed or things are not working well, what you need to have is the clarity of what your intention is. And I talk about this a lot when I'm doing presentations. Intention and attention are two of your most powerful tools, whether it makes you sexually magnetic, whether it makes you love someone, whether it's your intention on that. When people are wanting, see, okay, I'll just use this as an example. Let's say someone wants to create family. They love the feeling of wanting. They love that they want to have a family. That is their intention, and that is where they are putting their attention. And likely, they are going to have a child soon, or a child is going to come into their world. And it is something that literally the magic is out there in the universe. And I'm telling you, you are so much more powerful than you have any idea on how you think and how what your behavior is to bring things into your own world. You are literally magical in being able to do this. And the, but what we have been trained is that we don't have power, but we do. And if we look at, you know, for some people, you know, this is going to be upsetting for them that, you know, but I, re I was reading, and I'm not a political creature at all, but I read Donald Trump's inaugural speech. And this is a speech of someone who is telling people, I believe in you. I want you have the ability to do this. You have this ability. It isn't just a chosen few. You have the ability to help make this country and do things for you and do things for others. And that, in and of itself, is something that when people get told they are special or they are important for you, they show up that way. Anyone knows that. When you set, when, if you're around children, when you tell that child, you know, you did a good job there, or, you, you know, thank you for that. I think you look good today. They smile. But if they get beaten up too much, that's the only message they hear. And we've had a country that has beaten people up for like the last 25 years. And people are done with being, you know, beaten up by everything, their job, their people, everything. We're coming up to the tunes. When I come back, I'm going to be talking more about what real people did to fall in love, stay in love, and keep that going. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. 
Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The Mediterranean diet incorporates the basics of healthy eating, similar to the traditional cooking style of countries bordering the Mediterranean Sea. The Mayo Clinic reports that an analysis of more than 1.5 million healthy adults showed that following the Mediterranean diet was associated with a reduced incidence of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's diseases and a reduced risk of death from heart disease and cancer. The Wall Street Journal cited a study published by the Journal of the American Medical Association that shows that the Mediterranean diet can counteract the effects of aging on the brain's ability to function. The diet emphasizes fruit and vegetables, unrefined grains and beans, and includes fish and minimal consumption of meat and full-fat dairy products. Nuts and olive oil play a big part also. Boost your brain by eating the Mediterranean way. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So before the break, I said that I would talk about in this segment, our final segment today, how do you, what people, what real people did and what their behaviors were that had them, someone fall in love with them, had someone stay in love with them, and had them know that they wanted to keep this going. So the first one I'm going to talk about is a woman who was a tremendously successful executive in New York, and she had a little dog. And a dog was her baby. And her boyfriend at the time, she had gone through uh, a series of, you know, men in her life that, you know, they were okay, but, you know, they didn't really, it wasn't that thing where she felt, you know, strongly enough. They, they were crazy about her, but she was kind of like, I, I don't think so. Anyway, she is with this person, and he knew that this is a puppy that had long ears. And when... The puppy got sick. It didn't like to, it, you know, it was a, it was a, some dogs are really aware of wanting to stay clean. And when its little ears would get into, you know, when it had thrown up, it was distressing for it. So she literally came around the corner this one day, and here he was, her puppy was throwing up, and he had bent down, and he was lifting up the little puppy's ears so that it didn't get in the, you know, in the vomit. And at that moment, he didn't see that she saw that. But in that moment is when she totally, completely fell in love with him. And so one of the things that for many people has them fall in love with someone is when that other person treats someone or something that they love 
lovingly and does something nice for them, whether that is their child, if that is their pet, if that is a family member. And it can be something that many times people are not aware, particularly men, they are not aware of what they did that had that person fall in love with them. And, but invariably, it was a behavior that was kind or was caring or spoke of something that is, is, was a natural reaction for them. You know, seeing and getting out of a car to pick up, you know, uh, a little kitten on the side of the road that, you know, everyone keeps driving by. Seeing something that is an action that is loving. And this isn't, you know, so, but I'm, I'm not saying, you know, go out there and do things, you know, here, let me make this, you know, grand, you know, gesture. It has to be something that's genuine. Because if it's disingenuous, people will know. It's like if anyone has ever had sex with someone and they know that that person is really not into them, they know that. They know that they're there for the action, but they're not there from a heart standpoint. And people can tell that. They, they absolutely can tell that. So the first thing, if you, so, and it could be something that someone says, here, let me help this person and help take someone, you know, uh, their groceries out or do something that wouldn't be expected. Carry the groceries up the stairs, whatever it may be. So, but that is where it's behaviors like that that have people fall in love with someone. Now, how do they stay in love? Well, I talked before in the previous segment that they have the intention and they pay attention. And look, it's pretty easy to have your attention go all kinds of different places. I mean, we have a world that is fraught with distractions. Every text, every email. I mean, if you go in to a restaurant now, you're often going to see three or four people sitting at a table all on their mobile phones. They're not talking to one another. They're texting someone else. And they may be even texting the people that are at the table. They might text people as they're going down the hall. I mean, the thing that we are communication machines. And when we don't give people the ability to know what falling in love feels like and being in love is like, we're doing people a real disservice. And when I see people who they don't know, you know, the things of of the dating or being with someone, they know they want to be around people, but look, you know, Tinder and Grindr and all of the others all join together. Yeah, you may physically be with someone, but you're not there on an emotional or whether you call it the spiritual level or the emotional level. And that's what most people want. They want to be with someone who, like, understands them and gets them. So once a couple falls in love, and, you know, the other thing, you've got to be, you know, this thing about treat yourself lovingly, okay? That's a checkmark, checkmark, checkmark. But the intention and attention part is where you will see someone who I think is very sweet to watch people. Um, 
particularly men who are doing the grocery shopping, and they're checking in and they're going, so what size of this do you want? <laughs> and it's like, that's, you know, that is a loving thing to do. What is it that you're, and it's each little thing adds up. And, you know, sometimes people will do things and they'll be, you know, they'll be frustrated or angry, but knowing that that person is important in your life. And the other thing that people who stay together and keep falling in love again and again is they keep looking at their future together. They plan what the future is going to be, and they use their imagination. They look at, and they look at, look, they may not have two cents to rub together at this moment, but they look and they go, you know, I want to have that home that is this. Not, you know, it isn't like something grandiose, $25 million home, although that could be if they wanted to. But what they are looking at is they want a future together. Because that's one of the questions that I ask people is particularly men. I ask women, and, well, I ask men the same thing. Are you making plans to be with this person three, six months into the future? Because if you are, you are then seeing this person in your future. And your imagination, trust me, is so much better than any reality show, which I said before, they're all scripted. Not, there's nothing new in those things. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to give you their idea of what reality is. It's not. You can create a future in a relationship by thinking of it. And you can do that with dream boards. You can do it with having pictures of and, you know, put yourself and your partner in these pictures. And if you don't have a partner, put, you know, to get a picture of like a, someone that you would be tremendously attracted to and find appealing. And, and, you know, it may be about what they look like. It may be that they have a heart and a drive, but if the only thing that is appealing to you is someone's job or the size of someone's wallet, you know, that may be appealing for a period of time, but then you're in bed with a wallet. And that's not, and the person who controls the wallet, there's a very different dynamic than the person who, the person who controls the money. So the future planning that these couples do they plan the vacations. You know, they say, you know, when we go to Italy, when we do this, when we do this, and they plan it so that they're together experiencing this. And maybe it can't be a trip that you're doing at this moment. Take a cooking class, but make sure it's a cooking class that you do together because it, otherwise you're just basically sitting at a chef's table and they're doing the cooking for you. Part of that newness that you create and do that new thing, that's one of those things that creates a new shared history for both of you. And many times it can be something as silly as learning how to make some fudge together or learning how to do something that it would be fun to do. And that's why I, when I watch couples who cook together, they have a different rapport than couples who don't. So something that you create together. So it may be a trip, it may be food, it may be a child you're creating, 
But the important thing is, is that you do something that is together in the future. Now, how do you keep things going? Because it's what you want to do. Not because you have to. If you have to do something, it then becomes boring and tedious. It has to be what you want to do. And by virtue of someone creating it in their own world, they create it around them. So when you know we're coming up to the end of the show, any questions you have, you can just send me uh, an email at office at loopadget.com. But I you know, had a guy who sent this email saying, how do I make my orgasms last longer? <laughs> I'm like, that's a book. <laughs> you know, that's not a text or an email. But any time when people can ask very particular questions, I can be as helpful as I can be for them. Because most people want to know. You know, we want to be loved and we want to love. And those two things are so organic and germane for all of us as human beings. Because being loved means you count to somebody. And when you love somebody, it means something else counts to you. And that creates the synergy of it, and that creates the cycle of how people stay together. And whether they are together for 15 months or 55 years, it's often the same behaviors. It doesn't mean there's not fights. It doesn't mean they don't get on one another's nerves. They do, but they know there's something about that person that makes them that, that makes them want to be with them and changes who they are. Thank you for being with me today. Coming up to the end of the show, any questions, you can find me at my website, loupadget.com, and you have a loving and fabulous rest of the week. Bye for now. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 